0: Good morning, everyone. Can you please settle down and come in? We're about to start the session. Thank you all for coming through. It looks like a full room, so obviously, this is a very popular topic. One that doesn't uh, fail to trend almost every month on social media. Hashtag open up the industry. My name is Balesa, and I'm going to be your moderator today. Uh, just to introduce our panel for today, uh, first we have uh, Matthew, also known as Flax the DJ from YFM. Um, mm-hmm. We have Ona Peteke from Vow FM. Okay. And then we have Mike Luniga from TMC Academy. Uh, chairing our session today will be MD of Kaya FM, Greg Maloka. Okay, uh, I, I, there is going to be time for a Q&A session. Uh, just to know if you find anything interesting, don't forget to hashtag RDA19 and hashtag the power of 10. So keep the conversation going on there as well. Uh, I'd like to introduce Greg to start the session. Thank
1: you. Right, that's yeah, a big house. How's everyone? Everybody good? Is there radio people in this room? Yeah. Is everybody good? Yeah. OK. All right. Geez, I thought I was at a doctor's convention. <laughs> um, good afternoon, everyone. I think it's almost afternoon, so depending what time zone you'd like to operate on. Um, really lovely to be here. Thanks for, for the invitation and to all the organizers. The conversation is quite interesting. It's, it's something that um, I get stopped and asked All the time, um, just about, you know, how how do we let people in? There's a term uh, that young people use, uh, and it's a Zulu term. So if you don't know this term, ask someone next to you. They say (laughs) "nezvalelanga
0: There's
1: no way of saying it in any other language um, for it to make the sense and the emphasis. But you closing us outside doesn't really sound. <laughs> Doesn't really sound like it's a it's a thing. Um, my uh, panelists have been uh, uh, introduced. What I want to do uh, is is maybe start with a little bit of background. Uh, Mike, start with you. If maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you guys do at your uh, at, at your academy, just briefly. Thank
2: you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Is it loud
1: enough?
2: Yep, it's good. Uh, it's Mike Lunica. I'm coming from a company called Abandoned Media. Abandoned Media has got uh, five divisions which is the media connection, which is community radio at time sales. Also, we are uh, spreading even to SADEC at time sales. We secondly called a company called the Brand Connection. The Brand Connection is a studio equipment fitting and also loud hailing and uh, activation. Then we got the Media Academy. The Media Academy is the one who deals with the internship, learnership, uh, will programs, uh, short courses, and uh, we also had uh, now moved to digital media. We're opening a new company which we're looking on digital platform, and how do we activate the, the the advertising into the digital platform. And uh, also, the last company is Insights, where we will be beginning to say, how are these insights inform the advertisers in order to be able to, put, to push more money to the community radio sector and SADEC in general?
1: Thank you. Thanks. So, so your focus is largely on community radio? Yes, uh,
2: where our bread is buttered is on the community radio sector. Okay. We've got uh, really few commercials in, in South Africa. Our commercials are in the SADEC.
1: But is your interest all radio or is it very specific to um, a, a particular sector in the industry?
2: Yeah, our interest is on radio. That's why even our academy is training community radio sector okay. in
1: order to be better platform. And are you getting some good students coming in? What do people look for? What are, what's the number one thing that uh, the young people that are coming through your academy are looking at um, from, a, from a training perspective? To do you find people? Because in my days, which is um, not so long ago, so I just,
3: <laughs>
1: just turned 25 the other day, um, we, you know, half the time, everybody wanted to be on air. You know, we all want to be the stars until you discover that you're not great. <laughs> but, you know. Laisha,
2: anyways. Yeah, I think that uh, mindset is still lingers on. Remember, in, for you to be a celebrity, you need to be behind the mic, yeah. not behind me, but behind the <laughs> mic. Uh, as a result, everybody wants to go as a DJ. I want to be a presenter, yeah. and uh, you, you know that uh, everybody wants to do the drive or the breakfast uh, show, absolutely, and uh, which is the the most attractive ones. Yeah, but uh, also. There is also a realization that uh, you don't have to be behind the mic in order to be a radio. You can be a producer. You can be really behind the scenes, sure. and they uh, do a really good job for yourself. And they uh, grow with the industry behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. Honour, um, you're at Val. and you do what?
4: Hello. <laughs> So I'm a new recruit at VOW FM. I've literally been there for two months. Okay. So still humble beginnings for me there. But before I got to VOW, I was at Boston Media House Radio so for two years. And I'm a presenter. I'd like to think I'm a content producer also. But when Matthew was still program manager at VOW, he's the one who hired me and said, I'm his child, just being a presenter, mostly, yeah. so yeah.
1: Awesome. It's pleasing for me to see um, two young people, um, you know, who refer to each other as colleagues. So I'm doing this and this guy hired me. It's just, it's really magnificent. Uh, Matthew, so do you have a gig for me, bro? A gig?
3: <laughs> Look, we'll see. We might be able to squeeze you in. I don't think we have the budget for you though.
1: <laughs> what are the difficulties? Uh, let me start with you audience. Um, I mean, your transition from Boston into, um, Wow. Was that, was that a difficult transition or was it easy?
4: Um, I'd like to think that in terms of when I started out from, from Boston, in the first year, I was really peaking. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, my God, I'm probably going to be, like, in a commercial station very soon. And then life just humbled me by 2018. <laughs> I wasn't now where I thought I was. But yeah. I think because I didn't understand what exactly it is that I want it to be known as in this industry, mm-hmm. but my thing is with the whole hashtag open up the industry. I think it needs to stop being a trend because that's all it is right now. Yeah. What are the top guys doing? What are the solutions, Mr. Gregg? Mm-hmm. You know, um, let's not just let it just be a conversation for nothing. But yeah. there are no solutions for it.
1: Right. I mean, I. Just on that topic of solutions, and I'd love to hear your opinion as well, Matthew. Um, who who needs to provide those solutions?
4: The people that are hiring the talent. Yeah. You, you, the program managers.
1: Is the the MDs? Does the talent not have some responsibility to? I mean. Matthew, what are your thoughts? I
3: was about to say, could I jump in on that? Because I think it's one of those things where it's twofold. Um, yeah. So I was one of those people for the longest time. I was madly doing everything and anything I could to actually get into the commercial space. Yeah. And just to give a bit of a background in my history, um, I landed up presenting on Voice of Wits for about four years and then transitioned into the programming management side. Um, and in that process, I, I landed up seeing the various mechanisms of actually stepping up within to, uh, into the industry. Mm. And yes, I do think there needs to be something from the top down where stations can turn around and actually provide more platforms for people to start getting that experience because I think it's quite daunting stepping up into the commercial space. Sure. The problem is I think there's also a bit of a almost an expectancy, um, entitlement almost to say I've been doing this for three years, four years, five years. Why haven't they recognized me yet? Yeah. And I think there's a bit of a neglect from, especially campus stations, I've noticed, to train people beyond just talking well on a microphone. Mm -hmm. There's more to it than being able to execute a damn good link. Unfortunately, to progress your career, it's as important to develop your networking ability as it is to develop your actual sound as a presenter. And I think that was one of the things for me that took me a long time to actually sort of step back and realize there's, the, there's more to radio than actually being able to turn on a microphone and talk. Yeah. And once you actually, and I, I don't know who we're actually speaking to here, could I see by a show of hands? Mm-hmm. Who here's <laughs> actually in sort of the, the campus and, and uh, sorry community stage? Okay, so quite a whack. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of people here where we can sort of resonate with this, this belief where you almost feel like commercial is one of those things that you aspire towards but it's not always reciprocatory where you, you don't always feel as if commercial's reaching out to you, that it's always you pushing out to commercial. Mm. So it needs to make sure that, you need to make sure as a person that you are giving something that is viable commercially for them to actually take you on and I think maybe it's one of those things that we neglect as, okay. as practitioners. Okay.
4: I totally get what Matthew's saying with regards to we also need to put in the work. I'll, 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 I'm going to be honest with that and not expect like people that we look up to to do everything for us and build us from, from, the, from scratch and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But we do put in the work and we still get overlooked and our celebrities are the ones being chosen over us at the end of the day. Yeah. We speak about inspiring and training and employing the next generation but our celebrities are not even
1: trained to be on air. Mm. So... Mike, um, okay, I, I
5: uh, looks
3: like it
1: touched a I sense a little bit of love for celebrities in the room. <laughs> um, but Mike, are we in the in the training uh, side of things? Um, you know, and and I don't know if this is something you can teach. Okay, uh, but are we coaching, perhaps? Are we coaching people to be purple cows? And I'm not talking about the political party. Um, (laughs) And let me explain this maybe with with a little story. So, when I um, went to YFM for auditions, right, uh, day one, there were 600 people on the queue, okay? Um, And all of us are vying for on air spots, right? And there was probably only a need for 15 people to go on air Um, and when I looked in that queue there must have been 50 people who were better than I was. So whilst on that queue I started writing this audacious proposal to the station to Dirk Hartford, the CEO and his team. At that time there was only like eight people who were designated positions so the station was not even on air yet and I wrote them a proposal on how they should run the auditions because I thought they were chaotic and how they should you know, position the music and what sort of music they should do and I said, and by the way, on this queue, these are people I think would be great for on air so I made up my own list of 15 people and I handed in this proposal. Cut a long story short, the next day I was auditioning the people I was queuing with. Can you coach that? Can you, is it something that the academies are looking at. So, just beyond I have this day, uh, demo or tape, or you know, are students being caused to think like that? Because this is really a thinking thing, is it not? Uh,
2: I, I think there is a, a really concern. I think uh, I hear what you're saying. But uh, uh, in, in our training that we're having, we also introduced the uh, element of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, quite important because when these uh, young minds get into the industry or aspire to get into the industry, they only want to sound like so-and-so, who is their star. Therefore, in order for them to begin to say, no, 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 be yourself. We we realize that you like the style of so-and-so, but be yourself in order for you to succeed in this industry. I, 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 then you begin to have to have the mentoring, uh, the shadowing uh, o- o- over these big presenters. Also, you need to begin to also make them understand that if you also look at YouTube, there could be some good trainings that you could get there, mm. which will always open up your mind, because you have this narrow thinking of becoming a presenter, of becoming a best jokey or a DJ yeah. uh, forgetting that in order for you to get there, you need to know the basics yeah which are most fundamental
1: on, it, did you have to be someone else to to do what you do no um, you know and, and and just on the subject of mentorship because I like that you raised that I, so I get approached a lot by a lot of people. will you mentor me and I Often, honestly, answer. I don't know what that is. I I don't know what mentorship. So, what does a mentor do? And you know, maybe ask you that question. I mean, is it? You know, do you phone me with an issue and I help you with an answer? Because I've asked a lot of people, how would you like me to mentor you? And it's amazing how I get 60 different ways that. People want others just want a lunch every week. I'm like, who's paying for this lunch? (laughs) You know, others want a coffee. Others want to. No, if I could just come and sit with you, okay. And and then we do what? Talk to me about that.
4: Okay, so with this one also, I'm a bit. I'm I'm really not sure about it. But, however, I do understand that we really expect a lot from the people that we look up to. Mm and we also need to understand that the people that we look up to are really busy people. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna come to you and say, oh my gosh, I really love you so much, Greg, I look up to you, I wanna do radio, aspiring radio presenter, whatever, can you please help me? The first question probably comes to you is, oh okay, what are you doing now? Mm-hmm. Most of the people, upcoming um, presenters or people in the industry always say, nothing, but I wanna be a presenter. So we really expect a lot from you, And but I understand it's more a thing of, just your knowledge and, and enhancing our skills more because that way you are now creating me to also be a mentor and we're promoting growth. So if you teach me, I'm willing to teach someone else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Matt, you've done two parts of this game, right? I mean, are you still programming or what, what, is, no, your, what is your... No, thankfully.
3: I got out of the admin side of things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have huge respect for people who are able to do it. So you are on air now. Yes. Um, on why? How do you relate to your programmer? Because you're a programmer. So you know, you're know you a talent that knows a bit more. So How is the mentorship going? Is it this way or that way? And, and do you need mentorship? And what is your idea of mentorship? Oh, hugely.
3: Um, so it's funny, I actually wanted to jump on the question that you, that you gave to Honor there. Um, I think mentorship's really, really important purely because it allows for accountability. So I, I probably, if I was to sort of point to people along my journey who I've identified as mentors, i probably had about around four or five. Mm-hmm. And it's people who along the way I'd say, listen, I'm looking at getting into programs management. I have no idea what that is. Mm. Can you at least sort of, um, I don't know, answer a couple of questions? And it was more than just the questions because it also meant that there was someone where I had to brush up on my knowledge to be able to interact with them. Yeah. And that's why I'd, I'd advise that everyone who is out there actually, A, get a mentor, and B, become a mentor. Because I think it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what you're in, you can probably teach something. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really powerful. Now, you've said, do you still use mentors? I mean, I think you'd be mad not to at, at any level. Um, I've been really fortunate to get back into the presenting side of things. Mm-hmm. And it means constantly I'm going to people where I'll identify one thing that I think they do really well. Yeah. Even internally in, at, at YFM, I'll identify key people that I'll look and say, okay, this individual as a presenter does really well within the sort of interaction and, and they get like really sentimental stuff from their listeners. So I'll go to that person and I'll say, listen, what do you do before you take the call to air? What do you do? And that's the sort of relationship that you need to actually grow quite aggressively and finding, because that gets the, the best
1: results. Yeah. And maybe just a little extension on what you guys are saying, uh, and probably to some people in the room as well um, who use mentors a lot. One of the most important things is to challenge your mentor. Um, because companies are you know, uh, structured in a particular way, right? Uh, and And... There's very little emotions mm. in you know the structure of companies. There's emotions in humans, but in the structure of a business, there's no emotion. The only emotion is bottom line. If you're in a commercial business, it's like we are emotionally attached to a bottom line. <laughs> and then when the bottom line is right, then we can do all the other really cool things. But and I'm being harsh. But the the whole point is for anyone who wants to have someone mentor them. Um, you've got to be challenging you've got to be worth mentoring right and you have to have done you know your background you have to have learned a few things or have some serious hard-hitting questions that make me sit back and think because half the time um, what happens is you know talent does not tell you how they're going to change your life mm. they always want you to tell them how you are going to change their life and this is why a lot of people will not listen um, when you know you approach them for mentorship it's always important to say there's some things at YFM that I can change and and challenge them in 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 that way what you will find a bit is like that, you showing that up reciprocal, in <laughs> absolutely that that reciprocal conversation really starts to create um, you know, a bit of um, uh, uh, progress and interest in in, in people that are running businesses and and, and that take you in. But in as far as you guys have gone, how many have you taken along with you? I mean, we know you employed her. (laughs) (laughs) But have you called someone else to say, talk to this guy because he knows a little bit about that? Do, Do you guys at that level have those conversations, or is it just a race? It's about, I need to get to the top, and maybe when I get there, I can look back and find someone.
4: Um, Okay. Definitely, yes, I always share my mentors with other people. Um, For me, it's been Catherine Granfall, who was someone that I looked up to, and then she ended up being my lecturer. And then from there, that's when she became also a mentor, a mother to almost everybody. And then from there on, that's when I met also Tim's uncle, Mm. And he's everyone's dad. So if you know him, then you know, then you are sorted for life. Definitely. Tim is your
1: uncle. Yeah, yeah. Tim is my uncle. <laughs> Got
3: an uncle in the radio business. So
4: yeah, and another thing is with Matthew also still not at at vow. He still allows us to talk to him, send certain demos to him, and ask advice from him. So the relationship is still there. Mm -hmm. And another thing also, before I even studied radio, my my first year when I um, applied at Boston, I took initiative to learn how to run a desk my first year. And I I approached two DJs, Spectacular Naves and they, I would come to their show when they were still at Metro, and they taught me how to run the desk. and then two years later is when I only started doing radio. Awesome. So it's also about you, also, like, do you really want this thing? Yeah. yeah.
3: It, it's funny how you say, like, do you, still, uh, do you still mentor or whatever, because one of the weird things is I don't think you always realize what an impact you can make on certain people. There's one conversation that you might have yeah. where you, you say to someone, hey, might be worth giving this a chance or contact this person or go, go along that. Yeah. And it makes a big impact in their life. And I know I've had those sorts of conversations yeah. with people in this room yeah. where it might have been in their eyes nothing. Yeah. It might have been something really, really small where they yeah. looked and it was a cup of coffee. Yeah. It was a, a conversation or whatever. And that still is a motivation for someone like myself where I was desperate, desperate to do anything to get in. Yeah. So... I I think it's one of those things where we sometimes disregard what we're doing as actually being mentoring or whatever, but sometimes even just a message or something like that can be enough to make that person pursue that next step.
1: And this is important for both mentor and mentee in that we don't necessarily have to be or have an official mentor-mentee relationship. One of the most important things um, is your ability to ask the right question um, to a person. And I like what you say, because I always often meet a lot of people who will say, um, hey, man, thanks.
3: <laughs>
2: for, you,
1: for what? What? He says, no, you gave me five minutes once. Um, and this is how things have progressed, you know. Um, I worked with a lot of people, for instance. I mean, there's a lot of people in this room who, are, you know, great radio people, who gave people three minutes, uh, you know three minute conversation about something. And people took that and ran with it because in that three minutes, they had the right question. Um, and they asked the right question and they asked it to the right person, you know? Uh, so again, it's very important to, to be clear up on that. I mean, you know, guys like Lyndon Johnston, who's been in this gig for the longest time, um, has inspired a lot of young news people from, geez, like a whole range of people who still refer to like a moment they had. With him, and it was that question, and they asked. So, for people who are mentees, and you want to be mentored, have the right question, and and know who to ask the question to. Um, because I still get people who give me CDs. Hey, man, can you can you slot me on air? <laughs> and I will take it, you know. And I will still say, you know, our music manager is this person. You need to be in touch with that person. Half the time, if you don't know who the players are then you've got a little bit of a challenge. Just a last question before we get into the floors, uh, floor, floor questions. I know I was given 40 minutes, I'm trying to be a good radio person. Um, where are we failing you? So where are we failing you, students? And I'm asking now from a commercial mm-hmm. um, person and radio's perspective. Where are we failing you and how can we make it better? Shall we? Uh,
2: thank you, Greg. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the it comes on two ways. Uh, the commercial might be failing the the aspiring uh, presenters or uh, radio personalities, mm-hmm. in the sense that the when these uh, students come back, uh, come out of the any training institution, they always think that they know it all. And uh, they always have those high expectations that uh, now I've done it, therefore I need to crack it into the industry. Literally they know that uh, they still have a lot to learn, Mm. which also, also at times ended up frustrating them, ended up some of them even deciding to deviate from their original careers. And also, I think if we, when they are instilled in training, they manage their expectations in order to realize that now that I've completed this diploma or this degree, yeah. doesn't mean that I know it all. Therefore, I need to go to the industry and begin to say, I do have the theoretical part. Therefore, what is the practical part? Say, mm-hmm. you see, mm-hmm. because to marry the theory and the practical are two different things, mm-hmm. which might take you off the road.
4: Um, for me, number one, Twitter users should stop being employed because I might be successful on Twitter, but it w- doesn't mean you'll be successful on A. And then, but no,
1: let me pick on that for a second. Okay. Um, and and, I, <laughs> and I'm keen to to hear the yeses <laughs> uh, when when we do the Q and A just now. Yeah. Um, and I've heard this, I've heard I've heard a lot of people say, I'm great, I'm a great radio person, I've done the training, I've done this, and they've hired this person because they have a huge following.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how many of those people are in the industry? Just as a guess, I don't, I, and I don't know, and I need help, uh, because where I work, I mean, we had to teach people to use Twitter. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? Is it is mean. it a big thing, or was there a few prominent people in prominent slots that got employed and therefore created the noise?
4: Prominent people that got prominent uh, definitely slots yeah. and also prominent influences.
1: And do they not deserve to be on radio?
4: Um, where are they now? Some of them are not even on air anymore. They're complaining. And then, um, Sorry, go, I
1: interrupted you, but you were saying yes. something. Stop employing <laughs> Twitterati. And... Yeah,
4: number two, um, graveyard slots need to come back, because yes. I see a lot of commercial stations are cutting that out. I mean, that's where we need to grow. slots? Graveyard slots on commercial stations need to come back. And then, what else did I want to say? I mean, yeah, with that, with regards to the graveyard slot one, you cannot say, because I know a lot of, I've asked this before too, I think I've asked you sometime this year Mm -hmm. at the Open Up, the Industry Summit, and you said the biggest reason is cutting costs. If you are cutting costs, then why, again, goes back to the number one thing of Twitter users, why are you hiring a big celebrity that's going to ask for 100K per month But you're cutting costs when you could hire me, who's trained, and who knows what she's about, and um, I will take even 15k.
1: So if you if you would take 15k, and I have as a startup, as someone as a (laughs) startup, fair
4: enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough,
1: (laughs) fair enough. You starting at 15, (laughs) right? And presenter X is starting at 100.
0: 100.
1: And advertisers are buying presenter X. At 10 million, and they don't know you. What do I do? Okay, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> you <laughs>
4: nice.
1: just got math.
4: Yeah. I got Look, school. And, <laughs> and, and it's, a,
1: it's, it's, it's a real question, right? And it's a real dilemma that radio managers face. Mm-hmm. And again, the challenge for you guys is what is the solution, right? So don't say to me, don't hire this person. If I say to you, I've hired this person, I don't care if they last two years, okay? In two years, they're gonna be relevant. I'm gonna hit all my numbers. My shareholders are happy. My station is growing. I'll find another person in two years, and so it goes. There's people who are purely commercial like that. And there's nothing wrong with that because it is a model that you employ. That's how you work. But, however, I mean, a lot of radio people in South Africa understand what time we 're in, what century we 're in, and what we need to do, so we're forever trying to balance these two things, but we need you know we need people to come with solutions yeah. and you've got to know the you know the the challenge from my gaze and say well here's where I can help you if you bring me in so i mean I think just as a as a little bit of advice to people who once you get into radio, don't tell me the next person is not great. Especially if it's the person I thought was great. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Tell me how you can you know, compliment what's on there or, what, or a difference that you can offer, which is incredible. How are we not helping, Matt? Uh. guess not.
3: Guess not. Before
0: before we get into that, uh, I'm sure a lot of people want to ask questions here. It is a full room, so I'm going to give a little bit of time. This session ends at exactly 5 to 12, and I'm very strict with my time. So questions, we'll start right here. Moloini,
4: I have two questions. Um I am um, from Rose Music Radio. I'm both the presenter and the programming manager. So I often find that um, my presenters um, find that they can't make it um, in the industry because we are back there roads you know so who thinks about roads um, you train 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 but who's actually recruiting us who's coming to see us and how do we reach out so my question is um, how would programming managers in Johannesburg commercial how do they want us to approach um, them as being in the Eastern Cape and the second one is um, okay sorry
1: who, who is the question to anyone I'm sorry programming managers okay I um, was about to say, Greg, I think you're <laughs> up <laughs> <laughs> I used to program manage Not anymore, that's me <laughs> ducking the question, sorry Okay, next one We'll um, answer that, we'll answer that, sorry
0: Hi, my name is Noma, hi, Noma. Um, So I'm from BMH Radio as well um, So my question is I'm going to try to keep it short My question is In a world where, as Ona said, we have celebrities being posted in instead of us who studied, I know there's no emotion behind it, it's just corporate, but when you're listening and you're thinking, ah, not supposed to be doing that, ah, six people talking at the same time, ah, you know? So in a world where this is happening, um, and as well, we are building our skills in other things as well, because I'm a presenter and I'm learning how to be head of socials, and I'm learning how to be a music compiler as well. As that, how do I still keep a one-up on top of Mbali, who has 60K followers, who says, here I am, and they hire her? How do I keep a one-up on her?
1: Okay, So maybe let's deal with these two questions real quick, because they're related. Um, And I'll give an answer. And guys, you're also welcome to sort of give answers, short ones, if if we can. For me, it's very simple. Don't think of yourselves as radio people, okay? You are content people. And you've gotta be designing content that is relevant to your target market, reachable in multiple platforms, right? So, if Mbali so-and-so has 60,000K followers, right? It's not about how many followers you have. It's about the quality of the people that are following you and understanding how you enhance that quality. Caspar vest did not get into the game by being on radio first. He used to make tapes and trade tapes with people in his hood and share the music on Bluetooth. Little less told story. And when he became very popular in his community, the radio station started to find, because now there's a buzz about this person in this particular area and as you know uh stations you start thinking why are we, why, why don't we know because everybody wants to be the first to do something so he literally made himself discoverable right you have to do the same thing being far away in the eastern cape is does not mean anything anymore um in in a world where the net is so wide where the world is your oyster um what's in the eastern cape that's interesting to me right is what you should be saying are you sending me a note that says, do you know that we can develop an audience for you in the Eastern Cape for your uh, you know, digital channel on this one, or for your Jazzware station that you've launched, which is an online station. There's a huge jazz community here. Um, how do we build that here? Let us be your agents in that particular space. Think about solutions. So if you have 10,000 followers and someone else has 100,000 followers, you could go to an advertiser and say, I have 10,000 followers, this one has 100,000, but 5,000 talk to me all the time and they retweet me. This one has likes and that's it. Nobody's reinforcing what they're saying. Are you looking for people that are having a conversation or are you looking for people that are just randomly liking stuff? You know. So it's really how you look at these tools and convert them into, um, you know, uh, you know, valuable, tangible stuff that you can pitch to people. And that's how you beat the 100,000 people um, you know, on, on social media. Yeah. Another question?
5: Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Nko Kelly, but I'm known as Nkox. I'm from CUTFM in Bloom. Now, it is very frustrating for me to be listening to this conversation and... First things first, I we had apologize antici- for that. No, no, um, <laughs> I had anticipated, um, I would have loved to have a lot of programming managers on the panel, because I think most of our questions, especially us at community slash campus radio stations, are addressed towards them. Um, there's a lot of programmers in the room, trust me. Yes, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think I'll start off by, by the saying, I think uh, Tim Zunko once said this, there's a lot of voices, but not enough mics. And that is fundamentally an issue because it seems as if we're at a stagnant space in our radio space in South Africa. There's a lot of us at community level. I mean, I've been here for eight years now. And that in itself is not good for radio in its sense because in the bigger scheme of things, I'm also blocking people under me who could be utilizing that position where I'm at if only I were to grow. Now, there's not a lot of, development or recruitment strategies. Well, development is not emphasized in recruitment strategies at commercial level. That is even if these stations have a recruitment strategy, which I highly doubt. And I'll say I doubt for one reason, because it was mentioned there by the lady that you have stations that are now doing away with, for example, the graveyard shift. And being a person that has been an avid follower of radio, That has been a shift that was utilized prior to develop and further grow certain jocks who are still at a developmental phase within their careers. Now, take a guy like me. I'm from community slash campus radio station. Mm. I obviously can't get to Metro FM and do breakfast or drive. I still need to acclimatize myself with the commercial space before I can get to that level. How do I do so if I don't even get an opportunity to do so at that level?
1: Okay, let me... Because I get your question, and I'm keen to have other people ask questions because we're worried about time. Yeah. Um, and, and let me say this, and, I, and I'll answer that by asking some questions, and so you don't have to answer back. The first is how are community radio stations, um, you know, evolving, right? What are the innovations? In do you guys still run three-hour slots, as an example, and do you need to? If you had two-hour shows, would you not be able to add more people? And for guys that want to progress into other spaces, have you got a podcast? Are you starting your own podcast that you are recording, that you are sharing, that you are sending to stations, and so forth? And do you understand that there's 12,000 of you doing the same thing? And sometimes there's only a few that can get in. And maybe it's not you. Do we need more mics? Next question. Yeah, um, hi.
6: My name is Natana I'm I'm actually a a programmer So let's talk About getting into radio Let's talk about First of all why do People on social media with big Platforms get into radio Because we have As radio stations We need to innovate Not just about the money and how much money they can make We need to innovate in a world Which is changing all the time This thing of Twitter, Facebook, and everything has got us. So we need to adapt with the times. So we look at these people and we say, they're creating powerful content online. Why can't we take that powerful content and put it on air? Some of them are not great DJs Mm. or broadcasters, but we do go out and train most of them. To you, sir, every commercial station has a talent management department. Um, To the younger generation, we've all walked this journey. Greg, myself, Lyndon, we topies now. We didn't have 200 community radio stations to start off with. We had to stand in a line. We had to explain why our accent sounds like a colored and not like a white person. We had to create Something special out of ourselves so that we can get into radio. So, community radio is a great start. Do not underestimate where you are today. Yeah. Um, be patient. Be tolerant. Create something different. Create a great brand. And, you know what? If you get into Metro one day, great. If you don't, be a radio head. Enjoy a radio. In all formats. It's there to be enjoyed. Thank you. Tschüss.
0: Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but you can continue the conversation on social media. Outside, there's also a speaker's table. If you have any points to make, please do go out there. I think just for one last point, I'd really like to say for all the young people who are in here, obviously we're fighting for the same thing and we all want to go to the next place. I'm in the very same position, but I think my only input is that you have to adapt or die. If you're seeing stations uh, hiring the people with a lot of followers who are bringing content online, then give them what they want want. Adjust yourself and do the things that make you want to be taken in rather than complaining about what you already have. Have more. Thank you.